You are listening to the regular version of Sexy Marriage Radio, sexymarriage.net. You've turned on Sexy Marriage Radio, where the best sex happens in the marriage bed. Here's your host, Dr. Corey Allen. Happy holidays to the Sexy Marriage Nation. Hey, everyone. As Christmas yeah. is fast approaching. We want to thank you for time that you spend with us each and every week. Yeah, it's a time consume. Our time seems to get sucked right now with all the holiday stuff going on. So we does. sure appreciate you spending, spending a little bit of time with us this week. That it does. And we also love the fact that uh, the Sexy Marriage Nation is an engaged nation with us in the fact that they give us feedback, they give us their thoughts, they yeah. give us their pushbacks, their criticisms, their questions. Their topics, their ideas, and their praise all across the board. We get it all, and we love hearing it all, and I mean that. We absolutely do. We want the feedback because that helps us be better. And the way you can let us know what's on your mind or questions that you have you'd like us to address on the show, 214-702-9565. Or as always, it's been in, case, in the been the case for the seven years of this show, feedback at sexymarriageradio.com is the email inbox where you can let us know what's on your mind. Yeah. And since it is the holiday season, I want to start with this, Pam. This is my lovely wife joining me as always. Uh, Hello. Pam. Hello, nation. That uh, according to uh, one of Britain's leading child psychologists, parents are spending far too much money on toys during this season when they need to be spending that money on holidays. What do you mean, holidays? Vacations. Because he's vacation. the, oh, I, holidays. I was going, okay, I was yes. going British. The, with Euro, the, the, European the European term for vacation. Holiday. Yes. That he talks about that uh, the money that is spent for toys during this season of gift giving mm-hmm. is often really just aimed at keeping the companies propped up with the profits that they get from it because of all the consumerism and the messages that come that we are bombarded with that we must have. When what's really most lasting and beneficial, according to his research and this, his opinion, is time spent as a family on vacations and doing experiences. Okay, well, well, for us, I know that that fits right in with how we live our life. We like right. we like the shared experiences together. Um, I I personally think that's spot on. I, I agree because I think it is one of those uh, share a memory, create an adventure, create a story. Uh huh. Because a lot of times he even estimates that from uh, a third, wait, from a quarter to a third of all packages that are given as gifts are returned. Yeah, I'm guessing our listeners are going to probably be nodding their heads on that. (laughs) very true. Because the the whole point is, um, how do you create an adventure? How do you create a story? How do you create memories as a family, because mm-hmm. I think that lasts longer with the pictures that you can take of the experiences and just the experience themselves. The silly inside jokes and the things that come from it, even if it's a stressful time, that's what um, lots of times the fun memories come from those times, yeah. right? <laughs> indeed, indeed. That, that is what helps set the stage for a lot of lifelong conversations that can yeah. happen. And speaking of conversations... Coming up on today's episode of the regular version of the Sexy Marriage Radio, uh, a couple of your emails, particularly two, 
that have come in based on last week's episode with Pam Costa. Yeah. That we will address uh, at length, as well as a couple other topics that we're going to cover on the regular version. And on the extended version, which is a little bit longer, a little bit deeper in the conversation, uh, Pam and I are going to talk through uh, frameworks for dealing with sexual integrity with your children and the concept of sexual integrity and the concept of technological responsibility and how you handle technology with your children. And we want to just walk through a couple of timelines that can help you frame the the conversation and the dialogue as it transpires with your children and in your situations. Yeah, both very very pertinent with uh, all the technological issues that are out there. So if you'd like to take advantage of the extended episodes, you can sign up for those at sexymarriage.net. So all of that's coming right up on today's show. So last week, uh, Pam Costa joined us on... Awakening Female Desire, because mm-hmm. she had a TED Talk out there on reclaiming female sexual desire, which was her journey as a researcher, mm-hmm. and discovering that um, she created a concept called Circles, which mm-hmm. was four to eight women, up to 12, uh, from the work she's done in the same, uh, like in a living room, going through a dialogue about the past and the history and the hangups and the tabooness and the mm-hmm. information, the lack of information. And it's basically just shared experiences of a, of a dialogue, of a conversation among women, where the, some of the main rules were there's no advice giving and there's no domineering. So everyone gets a say. So, yeah. it, so it does create a shared dialogue. Yeah. And she discovered that in the four weeks of doing that and then having other couples or other circles that were going on, the research she found that it increased arousal and it decreased distress around this subject in their lives. Okay. So there was benefit from it. But what was discovered as far as from the Sexy Marriage Nation when they went to her site is they discovered how this has played out in her life. Okay. Because Pam Costa does not have the same value structure as we do here at Sexy Marriage Radio. Yeah. That's very apparent. And so she has now, um, she's still married from what I've read and what, I, what we've discussed, but she is in an open marriage and has even had some bisexual experiences. Okay. And she shares these on her blog. Okay. And after going through this episode last week, uh, that's the first blog post on there too. So if you went over there, you saw, whoa, this was not what I was expecting to find. And so a couple of members of the Sexy Marriage Nation have been in dialogue with me since mm-hmm. the show aired last week. Okay. And so I'm going to kind of paraphrase a couple of emails that have come in. Yeah, give us and then part of their feedback. Then we want to talk. So this is talking about, uh, this is from a husband that agrees and appreciates the premise of what we do here at Sexy Marriage Radio, that sexual intimacy is found within marriage. I also understand that we maintain marriage as exclusively one man and one woman committed to each other for a lifetime. Okay. Sounds like that Pam and I are followers of Christ and have a platform that can change lives, but it also seems that occasionally, knowingly, we will endorse people who have a skin of truth but are at best deceived. So and then he, he goes on to talk about um, Pam's journey, what he discovered. Okay. And because of that, he found that he's not sure he can recommend it to his wife to uncover more okay. and had some concern about what if somebody signs up for her circles and opens themselves up to practices that we know are harmful. 
So okay. I want to clarify that just right off the bat. Okay. Because the whole premise of what I understand what the circle's concept is, she doesn't lead them. She just gives questions that can help frame a conversation among like-minded people. And you've seen these questions. And I have these questions and are actually being incorporated into possible groups we're going to run in 2019 for members of the Sexy Marriage Nation. Okay. If they are interested, we will equip just like she does. We'll, we'll build off of hers because it's really framing a conversation. Okay. So that was his okay. because he had some concerns and he, he also had a little frustration on that. He gets the sense of the more he gets a sense of our subjective, our hands off morality of the program, the more he questions and doubts what he's learning. Okay. Because it seems like there's a time where, we will present information, but not take a stand one way or another. That's, okay. that's the way I'm hearing it. Okay. Okay. So then here's from a female. Okay. Listener, do you have something? Well, I'm just curious what your take is on that. On why I take a stand, why we go not taking a stance one way or another? Yeah. Uh, good, fair question, Pam. I'm not sure that uh, I feel like we do take a stance, but I'm... I'd, I'd like you to roll with that. Okay. So my thought is, is what has fueled Sexy Marriage Radio for the seven years of its, ex its existence is we want to frame conversations that can then take place in intimate relationships. We've always married been, relationships. Yeah, exactly. And that's, that's all under the umbrella of marriage. Yes. That we fully believe in the sanctity and the sacredness of marriage. And we believe that the hotbed of sex and the best sex happens in marriage. We've always believed that. We've never wavered from that. But we want to give information that is then used as people apply it to their value structure. And so a lot of the times when I get information that's based on research or some of the data that I find and come across in my work and then prep for the shows is really just the data. I'm not going to take a stance on how in this case, Pam, applied her own data. So I, I guess, let me ask you this. Most of the data, because you're uh, you know, a marriage and fa family therapist, mm -hmm. licensed marriage and family therapist, most of the research that's out there that is helpful to helping people learn how to communicate, learn how to get more out of a relationship, is, is there much in the Christian realm no. that is out there in research? All of all of my training is secular. Right, because it's it just is. It's that's the researchers. Yeah. Is there's it's secular people creating a field. And what I do, and this is what I tell clients when they call and they and they have a question, are you a are you a biblical counselor? Because there is a, a, a degree you can get in biblical counseling. I do not have that degree. I have a counseling degree. And I tell people I'm secularly trained and I apply Christian truths. That's the way I work it. So the training comes from the world, if you will, as far as the way, what help, what is helpful and beneficial for families and for couples. That's my training. Schnarch is not a Christian. And he's, that's who I espouse through a lot of my work. Yeah. And one of the best compliments I've got from a listener years ago was I've Christianized Schnarch's message. Okay. And I like that because I, do, I try to allow my values to come through, but I don't want to take a stance on many things that say you absolutely have to make sure about the, you know, because a lot of it is, this is good information that's helpful. Apply it to your value structure. Because a lot of times, maybe I'm wrong in this, Pam, but a lot of times I think data 
It's just data. It's good information. It's, just, it's good data. Okay. And then I apply it to my situation. That's what we've done through most every single show okay. that we've tried to do. Let's um, tell us about the other email. Okay. So then from a, a wife that emailed in from a different listener, she's listened for three years, learned a lot. And she was interested in the show because of Pam Costa, but was appalled to find her first blog post, blog post about discovering a bisexual experience and later about having an open marriage. I was in shock because I've always trusted your program to promote healthy marriages and sex. And I'm just wondering why Pam Costa. It, sounded, it sends a disheartening message to me who has desired my husband to honor my Lord and my husband with my sexuality when you promote someone who's discovered her sexuality through bisexual experiences in an open marriage. Is this what I have to look look forward to, to be sexually revved up, and that I should look for non-biblical ways? In the world of mixed messages, this promotion definitely sent one. Okay. And so, again, this is where I'm trying, my belief is, how do we separate out the information that is still beneficial and can be applied as you deem fit according to the way you live life? One of the things that I heard in that message and that, uh, in, in the whole conversation about conversations, you know, what she's found in her circles is we've, uh, conversations are, are helpful. Women talking to women, women is helpful. I know I found that in my own personal life with, mm-hmm. um, girlfriends at church that I've spent time specifically on this before I ever knew of Pam Costa, you know, I spent time in a circle with women and, and mm-hmm. we, we, we did this. Um, and I, I find that when I heard her, her talking and the interview, my initial thought was, who am I spending time talking to? Right. Right. I know what my value system is and I know, um, what my limits are and what my boundaries are. And I, I know what I believe my Lord says mm-hmm. that are, uh, are the values that I need to stay within. And on top of that, if I'm going to be sharing this topic in conversations with other people, I want to make sure that it's going to be iron sharpening iron. I want people around me that I'm going to be talking with that are going to have that same value system. Right. Now, I don't know who Pam is surrounding herself with that it led to that. Right. That's not something that's not something I agree with, but what I believe the conversations are very important. Yeah. And I think it does not um, take away that the conversations are very important. And if we're surrounding ourselves with people that are um, of a belief system that is in the same moral value, mm-hmm. how can you go wrong with that? How can you go wrong with helping each other out in that scenario? Right. And this, this is the thing that, uh, first off, um, I honor... And I'm humbled and thank the nation when they push back like this. Mm-hmm. Because this is genuine and this is real and I'm not just going to gloss over this. This is growing up. This is exactly <laughs> what it is. Because what I consider is, you know, I have a 25-year relationship with Pam, my wife. But I also have a seven-year relationship with the Sexy Marriage Nation that we all benefit from. It's not just you benefiting from me. I benefit from you. Absolutely, without a doubt. And so the having these kinds of things that come back to us to say, 
what about this? What about that? Can you clarify? Or I'm not sure I agree. I open, I'm, I'm, I'm completely open to that and I want to honor that. But I also want to come back at it with, for seven years, this show has existed to edify and strengthen the marriage and the sex context within it. That's mm-hmm. been the entire point. We have never wavered from that. And we'll never waver from that because I believe so strongly in the power of marriage. And I believe very strongly in a God-centered marriage because it's what gives hope. It's what gives life Mm -hmm. in our context. And that's what works for us. So to question, I'm not sure I agree, that's a little bothersome to me of, hold on. If you've heard the message of Sexy Marriage Radio and you're not sure where we stand because a guest's message and the way she plays it out in her life doesn't line up with the data that we present, the data is still the same. But it's still just we want to give good information to help frame a conversation because what works for my wife, Pam, and I, this is kind of weird. <laughs> that is weird. Two Pams right. we're talking about here. But what works for my wife, Pam, and I isn't, always, isn't going to work for everybody. But the data that it's based off of will still help the conversation. And I think that's the whole point. Because to me, the whole message of Sexy Marriage Radio is this is an adult conversation about an adult subject. And what I want from the Sexy Marriage Nation, your hosts included, is to let's all be adults about it. And I think everyone was here just voicing. Absolutely. Voicing. And this, I think this is a good way to realize. So we appreciate those emails coming in. We're not going to agree on everything. That's fine. Bring the, the disagreements to light and let's flesh them out a little bit. Yep. And maybe it gets clarification. Maybe it helps a little bit. Maybe it's one of those, you know what? This is just a gridlock issue for the sex imagination. Okay. That's fine. I'm good. I can handle conflict. I like it. But it's just recognizing that this is. How do we see this is the process of everybody growing mm-hmm. and solidifying what do I really believe, what do I really value, and what will really help my marriage and my situation? Yeah, and there's good data out there that can help us. Not everybody's going to use it in the same way. Exactly. Okay, so next email that came through. Okay. Different subject. Different subject. Switching okay. gears. Okay. We need some like transition buffer music or something, but I didn't have anything cute, so we'll just keep rolling. So, right, so this is Dear Sexy Marriage Radio family. You guys are amazing and have changed my life for the better. I'm a new listener. has been listening for the last two months, trying to absorb past podcasts as fast as I can. Can't get enough of the weekly content. I've been going through marriage counseling the last three years to get past deep wounds of neglect and abuse. I'm 41 who's, and a woman who's just now starting to explore sexuality. I have an avoidant attachment style and extreme body image issues. Can you expos- possibly explain to me what a healthy orgasm looks like? I don't find pleasure in intercourse or G-spot, but I do clitoral stimulation. I do feel that my enjoyment only lasts for a few seconds during intimacy. Is this normal? Am I stuck in my own mental anguish? How do I get past this? I'd appreciate your insight. So this is an interesting question because when we spoke a couple weeks back at at the moms group here locally, there were seven or eight questions that came through about intercourse and orgasm and the is the clitoris involved or I don't enjoy just, I don't get an orgasm with just penile vaginal intercourse alone, mm-hmm. you know, that kind of framework. Right. And there's a lot of information out there that shows the message isn't getting 
cleanly through as well as it needs to about the importance of the clitoris. Well, fill us in then. That it has to, well, How okay. important is the clitoris? Well, for, and again, we've got an episode uh, with Dr. Lori Mintz. I don't know the number. I'll put it in the show notes mm-hmm. on Becoming Clitorate. Becoming Clitorate, yep. Where she's got a book, that's the title, where it's all about it. Yep. Her research has found, and granted, some of her data could be skewed slightly, but her research has found maybe only about 5 or 10% of women can have, inter- have orgasm through just intercourse alone. So th- Other research would yeah. say it's up to around 20 to 30%. Still, those numbers still a vast majority numbers are are fairly low. So it's worth people right. being Two educated and, and yep. understanding that you may not have a vaginal orgasm, or it may just be hit or miss. It may be out there, just kind of this right. mystery that you that is eluding you, and don't feel like there's something wrong with you if that's the Absolutely case. Absolutely not, because the clitoris is the main mechanism to. that's the most reliable way for a majority of the women to reach orgasmic levels. Mm-hmm. And so it's recognizing I've got to have that little body part involved. And just through the penis entering the vagina alone, you're not hitting it. You're not involving it. Mm-hmm. So it's coming up with either more foreplay, more assistance during intercourse, a, the, a marital aid as in a toy, a finger, or using it, you know, in, involving the clitoris before you even do intercourse. Some lubricant or oils that mm-hmm. can help with that are, are really beneficial yep. in that arena. Because there's a lot of times where, and this kind of brings up a secondary subject that Sometimes women in the sex imagination will be reporting about how I don't get as much enjoyment from sex. And some of it is just because they're not aroused enough to really enjoy it. Yeah. They haven't been engaged in the process enough to really enjoy it. They don't Mm -hmm. have enough engorgement. Mm -hmm. And so when it comes time for intercourse, it actually is a little discomforting, if not even painful. Because even if, I mean, because this is just my thought. That if you're talking about the vagina and the labia and the, the different parts of the women's, woman's genitalia, mm-hmm. engorgement increases the size of the, of the opening for the vagina. And it also moves mm-hmm. the cervix up and out of the way, mm-hmm. which is at the back of the vagina. So it's recognizing that even if you're not engorged, but you're using lubrication, that's still not as welcoming of an environment for the woman. It's going to right. be as enjoyable for the woman right? because there's not as much engorgement that's going on around that entire area. Right, right. But it can help It can help get you there because it's more of a, I'm thinking more on the clitoral area because it's more of something that it, if, he, if he's just going after the clitoris early on, it, he could rub it raw, oh, right? Yeah. So, so well, that's, that's more the, of my comment on that is to uh, sure. kind of slowly work in okay, now I get what you're oils saying. or massages or something like that to help work it up. That's part of the foreplay process. Well, the is clitoris my is also, it's packed with so many nerve endings that it's actually protected by the clitoral hood and the hood doesn't pull back until there is engorgement. Right. And so it's it's recognizing it hides until it's ready to come out and play. Right. And you can't force it to come out and play. No. You have to work on the whole area to bring that, invite that out. And so 
if you look at the whole act, engaging the more clitoral stimulation benefits everybody that's involved as far as the husband and the wife. Because it sets the stage for better sex. It sets the stage for more enjoyment for both. It does. But if the husband doesn't understand that and the wife isn't communicating to him, if it's uncomfortable, he's not going to know the difference. And so two references that come to mind uh, would be Becoming Clitorate by Dr. Lori Mintz. Uh-huh. Is a great book and resource to to check out, and also by Ian Kerner, if I'm remembering right. He uh, she comes first. Both mm-hmm. will be guests again on future episodes. Lori's coming back uh, here in a couple of weeks. Good, Looks we like look first forward to the that. next year. So great, but it's just recognizing: Am I normal in that I need I only enjoy clitoral stimulation to reach orgasm? Yes, totally normal. <laughs> that is exactly what happens, and we're going to leave it at that. All right. So this has been an interesting show. Yeah. Well, <laughs> give us your response. Give us your feedback. Absolutely. We want to know. Uh, we say each time something left undone, let us know something you don't agree with. Let us know. Uh, 214-702-9565 or feedback at sexymergeradio.com because we are in relationship with the Sexy Merge Nation. And not only are they the sexiest people on the face of the planet, They're also some of the most intelligent ones. And so their pushback (laughs) helps us be better and be more clear in our communication because this is all about a conversation. It is. So wherever you are, whatever you've been doing, we're so glad you spent it with us. See you next time.